Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to the Legend Rouge Cycling Podcast for another big GC day of the Vuelta España after a bit of a, bit of a different stage yesterday. <laughs> um, but we have some news on time and arrangement in a second. But today from Denia all the way to the Jardin de Cati and the Costa Blanca interior. That goes over to 1,000 a a thousand meters. To be honest, the Vuelta has been very strange this year in terms of the weather, not just in Barcelona, which everyone's spoken about at length, but probably what's not being spoken about is how friendly these temperatures are in late August or now the early September. It's overcast, pretty mild conditions, and, and so that's... Yeah, it's just not the, the heat wave stuff they're used to. Now, maybe that will happen as they keep going further to the south of Spain and Andalusia. But yeah, a rolling stage, 3,600 meters elevation and um, a tough rampass in Humanas, 4Ks, 11.5% at the finish. But Benji, you have an update on Aronsman, who actually posted it this morning on his IG account. Yes, I'm going to run through the Ineos Grenadiers tweet of oh, this yeah. morning as well. Update, Damon Aronsman was taken by ambulance to hospital accompanied by her team doctor. He underwent trauma protocol assessment with CT scans, thankfully ruling out cranial, spinal, and further major injuries. Damon has had sutures applied to his injuries. What is that? Sutures? Uh, stitches. Oh, okay. He's stable now and remains under observation. And then, please join us in wishing Damon Adensman. So, we're joining you in wishing Adensman a quick recovery. This is relatively good news, right? Like, it's not sounding like there's any fractures. Yes, you see that he crashed, like he's got facial injuries in some sense, but... He could have had facial, like, actual fractures in his face, and that's just seemingly not the case, and major injuries are not present, so this is better than I expected, which is a good thing. Yeah, it's, it could have been much worse. High-speed crash in the sprint. Uh, and also an update from Jay Vine, who says on his Instagram, he's back home, but yeah, he had, like, a lot of wounds that needed stapling up, um, so he didn't have the best day yesterday, even after the crash, um, which... You know, the race goes on and these guys are getting stapled up in hospital. So I hope both of those riders and anyone else that crashed, um, because there were, were other abandons, like Samuel Gay's abandoned today. I don't know if that was related to it. A lot of riders crashing and abandoning. But sickness from Gay's, okay. Um, but yeah, I hope everyone's all right. Or then even if they're not, they get better soon. Okay, the stage, Benji. I called for a repeat of stage six, Carnage, um, with these... Climbs that they're all familiar with, beautifully well tarmacked, smooth, steady climbs until the final one. But the first ones are sort of beautiful, high speed, 20k per H, like almost 25, I think 30k's an hour. They, they ride them out. That didn't end up happening. And Yumbo Visma went the other way, and they sort of, from what PCS said, they were shutting down dangerous breakaway moves. Were you exactly. surprised? Like it was a full hour of breakaway attempts. Yeah. And it was that typical Tour de France breakaway formation phase where everybody tried to be in the breakaway, but Jumbo Vimna said, no, 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 <laughs> the second that someone big tried to be in the breakaway. We didn't see it in person, so it's hard to say which riders tried to be in the breakaway, but I, I know Bernal, for example, tried to be in that first hour in the breakaway, so Ineos was more active as well in that sense, which is a good thing. They ended up 
getting in the breakaway with Castro in the end, which is always the rider that I feel like isn't the rider you want in the breakaway if you want to win the stage. It's a solid satellite rider, but not for the stage itself. But that being said, Jumbo Visma was controlling the breakaway formation phase, and I feel like it kind of makes it troublesome for Groupama as well. I don't know what Groupama's idea was going into the stage, but I was always of the opinion that if Groupama did not have Lenny Martinez in the, in the breakaway, then he would lose the red jersey to Sipkus. Always. Yeah. I did not see a single scenario unless Lenny Martinez had one, one watt per kilo more than usual. I didn't see that happening today. So the second that Jumbo Visma tried to control the breakaway, I felt like Lenny's red was gone. If I was FDJ, I would have said, listen, I know that, you know, un petit pied pour Jumbo, pour la Jumbo, you know, Mario's not here. This is the young squad. This is the different revitalized new <laughs> FDJ. The young bucks speak English too. They get on well. They got like Pithy, who's a really nice guy who's on that team. He seems to really like the other young, young French guys on the team and they seem to have a really good vibe. So Anyway, I don't know why I went on that tangent. I just mean I really like this. FTJ's Vuelta squad, I really, really like. Um, and their the whole young core, in fact. In fact, I would have gone to Yumbo and said, hey, how about Lenny goes in the break with Roglic or Vingegaard? <laughs> we'll go with that. And that way, Lenny will get to keep red, gain more time on GC, and we can help you with Millard and Stora again. Um, that didn't end up happening. Probably because every other team would uh, say absolutely under no circumstances can those guys go on the breakaway. So based on our take from yesterday, we saw this as an opportunity like stage six as you control everything at this race. Quickstep cannot control your moves. If you do want to put Remco on their ground, figuratively, then you want to try and attack with your leaders again, be in breakaways, multiple riders and do it that way. But Yumbo chose the initially defensive way of riding, as in... They did not decide to go for the big hit. They decided to go to control the stage and go for the, the smaller hit, which can't lead to too many time gain, too much time gain, but also can't lead to too much time loss. So it's kind of the, the low risk, low reward. It's more defensive. It's, yeah, it's, you're not going to knock Remco, even if Remco has a wobble. Yeah. Well, he lost on a 25-minute climb 30 seconds after a frenetic stage two days ago. Okay, say Remco has another shocker, he might lose 10, 15 seconds. You ain't winning the Vuelta or knocking him out with that or this strategy. But also, I'm also probably a little bit um, hyper-aggressive. I'll be like, just, you know, make break formation crazy and get people off the road. Sometimes it's also just not realistic because you say, okay, we do that and then Bora and UAE shut Roglic down and Vingegaard down for 20, you know, half an hour or an hour, and then they're cooked by the final. So it made sense what happened. And also, they didn't have to control all day because have we, we haven't run through the whole break. We have not run through the whole but break. It's, it's gigantic. A, it's a huge break again, but very different to two days ago. Very different. Despite being 30 men deep, the closest man on GC is Christian Rodriguez on four minutes. So that's a huge difference to two days ago where... There was about eight riders under two minutes while Poles landed with Trigo, Kuss, Lenny Martinez, Soler, Steph Kras, just off the top of my head. None of those riders are here. Also, no one of the climbing caliber of those guys. The best climber is Bardet on paper, but he's injured from the crash. The best climber is Caruso, and Caruso got dropped by Camden on Aronsal to, uh, on five days ago. So 
and he's way back on GC. So it doesn't have the quality of climbers. It doesn't have the GC threats. It doesn't also have as many tug buddies like, for example, Fabian Dubert and Osala for Total Energy. They're not just going to go on the front pool like they did the other day when they had Steph Crass in the breakaway. Jayco as well, like Scottson, he's not just going to pull for, for Berhey or the other way around. Castro's on his own. Uh, Tiberi and Caruso didn't really do that either. Molimer and Alessand also didn't do that. Bora, I was surprised, only one rider was Vihoff. Lotto were the exception to that with De Gent, Kron, Monike, Van Edvold. They really had some names and numbers to play, but it's very different to the other day, much weaker. And um, FDJ just pinned them, Benji, at four minutes. They just pinned them with Mollard and and um, they did a good job for Lenny, and I think that's what Yumbo were counting on. Exactly, and then you see that switch with Yumbo kicking in as well, and Von Barlow really being the man together with Robert Hesink, who is still kind of an underrated rider. Yeah, he's towards the end of his career, but he's really good at the, the riding all day and doing the dirty work for teams, making sure a gap stays on the same gap, or maybe lowering it a tiny bit towards the final few climbs, and he does that once again today, and while all this is happening behind... The gap goes down to 3.30, but there's action in front as well. Thomas de Ken trying to get away, trying to do some action in the breakaway, but he gets caught by a group that tries to get away from the big breakaway, but everything comes together in the breakaway again, and then we get a proper move in the breakaway. I reckon it was with, if I had to guess, 45, 50k to go, where we see Caruso making a move to get with Andreas Kron, to get with Rukashtaho Bridges towards it, to get with, um, oh, what's his name? Olascano. Lascano, who Caruso. also bridges. Caruso. Oh, there was that? a fifth rider, but I don't remember. Benhe was there for a bit. Don't know if it was him. Man, it was just Fuga de la Fuga action. And that was the problem because the last thing you want to do when you have a, two rulers chasing behind you is just start attacking each other. But also, you know, if you're Lascano and Crone looking at Bardet, you don't want to go to this finish with him or Tiberi or Scotson. So... The breakaway was kind of doomed. Like, Yumbo Visma, as soon as they decided to start chasing, doomed it. I did think... Uh, was Romo with them? Uh, no, Romo was already dropped. Is Romo wearing G's old sunnies? Can someone <laughs> get a check on that? He's wearing fluoro green or yellow sunglasses, depending on how you look at it. And they look like G's old jawbones, or jawbreakers, whatever they're called. So... He kind of looks like G riding around. Uh, anyway, <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, yeah. Like the gap of this breakaway, it was Berhe that was the fifth rider in that group, but he got dropped off those okay. four riders, which was still Lascano, Kron, Caruso, and Costa. And the gap went to three minutes with 43 kilometers to go. And we started gradually towards the Freda Cati final climb, the gap lowering and lowering because Hasing and mainly Von Baal at that point was really pushing. He was really pushing to close that gap. And I reckon it was going down to two minutes, going down to 130. And then I was like, it's going to be one minute by the time we hit the climb, but it was less even. It's even less because I think Caruso kind of gave up the ghost. He got attacked by Lascano and Costa pretty early on the climb. And if you're doing the maths, like, okay, it's a short climb, but 3.8K is 11% with, I think, about 1,600 meters at 15%. He's not going to keep a minute on the guys going full gas behind. And Jumbo Visma aren't just controlling for fun. Like, they're obviously going for the win. Anyway. Get to the run into the climb. Um, breakaway, I pretty forget about the breakaway. They, they tried their best and it just didn't work out. Yumbo had other ideas, unfortunately, today. It, it is rare you'll see a 30-man group brought back. Um, so that is, 
I'd like to see the stats, which of course don't exist, of how often a 30-man breakaway in a Vuelta stage gets brought back on this sort of climb stage. Yeah. But, you know, with, with, a, with a finishing climb that's not the Tourmalet, got brought back. So that's, I think, quite unusual. But anyway, they're gone. And I'm looking at positioning. And then Almeida, he is so strong. He crashed earlier in the stage. And I'm looking, I'm seeing UAE. Are you so easy to spot in the white jersey? I'm like, is that Almeida in front of him? Is it Soler? No, it's Novak. Or who's the one behind Ayuso, just behind Enric Mas? Oh, that's Soler, because I can see his skinny legs. And then I'm like, where is Almeida? Almeida starts the climb, like, I don't know, 40th position? Because it's not been that hard. It's been a hard stage before, but not like, it's still a big group. You still need to fight for position. And quick step of, did that a little bit with Remco bringing him up. It was mainly Jumbo Visma, frankly, lining it out. Who was, there was another team, Bora maybe on the left, Bacan and Vlasov. Bora was on one side, Jumbo was in the middle with Trotnik leading it out in yeah. front of Walter, who already had Vingegaard in the wheel and yeah. then Kuz and then Roglic. And on one side, it was basically Vervaka half-wheeling or trying to half-wheel Walter. It was a bit of a squabble there between the two. I don't know what Vervaka was like. Gesticulating, is that a word? Yeah. Ooh, my English is getting yeah, better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was gesticulating towards Walter. That sounds like a really premium word that I just learned. <laughs> but anyway, um, so... I somewhat felt like for Vaka's role to keep him up there, to keep Remco up there, was kind of gone after a second because Remco then switched towards the wheel of some Yambo rider. I think it was Vingegaard's wheel, but I'm not 100% yeah. certain. And it basically was Strutnik, Walter, and then we got a shot from behind the group when Walter pulled off. And I was curious, who's pulling now? Was for Vaka that went back to the front uh, with Katane on the wheel, with yeah, Remco yeah. on the wheel, and then the quick step lead out started, right? Exactly. And that's the thing with GC Coos, the flag flying, freedom stars, you know, <laughs> That's one less domestique to, to set a hard pace. And so, and you can tell the pace came out for just a little bit because Ayuso was like third last wheel. Almeida was virtually last wheel. And Almeida spends this whole climb going around people dropping, like from 25 positions. It's incredible. Like he must do, he must have done the most watts just about of anybody, I think, on the climb today. The most watts per kilo. Um, and, I was, Vavika was really strong today. Yep. Like he did a really hard lead out. I think it was before the 15, 18% section. Really, really impressive. Um, and you're wondering, okay, first of all, where's Jan Hirt? Um, like Hirt is not pulled. Maybe it's not the best climb for him, but he was deeper in the group. And so Vavika actually drops Jan Hirt and he's dropping a lot of people. Yeah. What are Yumbo going to do? What's Remco going to do? Because Vavaka can't pull the whole way and Yumbo Volta's gone. What's their plan going to be on a climb that doesn't normally suit Coos? And when, when Cataneo pulls off, Remco has this moment where I feel like he does kind of keep going for a tiny bit to, keep, to see what's happening behind me. A bit, of a bit of an attack. It was an attack, but it wasn't like an all-out attack. It's kind of like the middle attack where you're like, let's see, can we shake someone off the tree? There were people sh shaking off the tree. Thomas was in the shadow realm at this point. He and yeah. Brooks was having weakness. Almeida's positioning was, was dead before the climb, but he Len was crawling Lenny back. Lenny was sliding. Lenny was sliding. You're right. If Lazov was off the back, we saw Ayuso having some trouble keeping himself, but he was there. He was there at the back of he like doesn't, the, He doesn't fool me anymore. The five riders at that point, eh? Three umber riders. Because yeah. Roglic Vingegaard in the wheel of Remco, and then Maz was also there, and a bit of a gap, and then we've got Ayuso, and then we've got a bit of a gap with Almeida, Almeida in behind, and, and Soler, Soler yeah. in behind. Well, also Almeida in behind. I don't think Solering is a verb at this point. I think Soler was looking after... Mm, no, nah, he was going for himself. Yeah, I, 
To be honest, I think that's the yeah, right thing. Should. I think Almeida is almost impossible to domestique for on a climb like this. <laughs> no, he's going to ride his tempo. Yeah. Like you could bring him back, or you try to, and he loses your wheel. And you're like, oh well. Like I think he's. It's also so steep. Anyway, Vivak has gone. Remco immediately surges, yeah. and you can tell. And this is why Almeida is really useful actually having this race. Almeida tells you exactly when there's a pace change at the front. <laughs> when the pace is slowed down, he comes back to the group. When someone accelerates even imperceptibly on these gradients in the saddle, he loses touch. And that's what happens. Remco accelerates just a first dig. It wasn't an all-out attack. It was a tester. I think he was trying to see if Vingegaard had weakness because Vingegaard was not... This. I think Roglic was stronger than Vingegaard two days ago. And yeah, Remco attacks, stops. And now I'm thinking, what's Remco done here? He's got Vavak at a pace. He's finished. Jan Hirt couldn't do anything. Catania's off. And then he um, he just stops a bit and GC Coos attacks. It's Bang. logical, eh? Like, the reason they have three riders in that group is for them to attack at this moment, eh? Like, Remco doesn't have the riders to close them down. Moss is the only man that's, like, actually in the group because I use those on, like, two meters. So Moss is probably not going to be the one that's going to try and close this. He's going to look at Remco. So the three Umber riders is basically roll attack mode is right now and Kuz was the one that did it he got a gap initially and Remco didn't instantly respond he let the gap go out to uh let's say seven seconds that's a good number I feel like that was appropriate to the distance that I saw on screen and then he starts pacing at a tempo where I reckon it was really clever it was kind of like the the Ineos train reacting to a GC rider seven years ago but without domestiques yeah well <laughs> it's actually the perfect like First of all, Remco has been really, really good on these climbs before in the past. Erlites in San Sebastian last year. Les Prairas, he put 34 seconds into Ayuso last year and he destroyed Roglic last year on a steeper climb than this. So Remco is not bad on a 10-minute wall. He's really good when he's in good shape, which two days ago he didn't seem to be. But today he clearly was. And so then if he's in good shape, what's the best thing he can do? Can he... If he, if he instantly closes Coos with an anaerobic burst... He risks being countered. If he, so he basically just, I think, ignored Coos's existence. Yeah. Like Remco kind of pretended Coos didn't exist and rode flat out to his max power. I disagree. Really? You reckon? I don't, I agree with your theory, yeah, yeah. but I reckon he knows Coos exists and is trying to postpone catching him right. because, he, because he knows the second that he catches Coos that he will likely get attack left and right so it was a gradual close from 1.7 kilometers to go on the climb to roughly 800 750 yeah. meters to go and the second that he catches because which took a long time and in the meanwhile we've had a user and almeida just almeida in off the back and so there's same story just uae riders just yeah, dropping yeah. and coming back every single second mars was consistently in that wheel roglic and vingo vingo didn't look the strongest here he was no. still there he reacted to everything that needed to be reacted to but i didn't see someone that could actually attack in Vingegaard on this climb. And it was curious to me that when Kuz got caught, that Roglic didn't go, and to me this seemed like he couldn't. Exactly, because if Remco's been pacing really slowly and you feel a million bucks and you've got 600 meters to go on a punchy climb, like we've seen Roglic, remember that stage one of the Vuelta, what year was it, 21 or was it the COVID year 2020? There was that little kicker right at the end of the climb, and he went into the descent and won the stage ahead of Carapaz and Dan Martin. I think it must have been 2020. Um, like, if he felt really, really good... Roglic. 
yeah, he probably would have attacked. But <laughs> and that's why I think you're right. Like Remco was aware of Coos, but he wasn't gonna blow himself up following Coos. Yeah. And also, Remco was super strong today. I think there was a slight headwind on the climb. Yes, but it's also to the point where we're at fifteen percent gradients, where yeah. there's negligible some of it. Yeah, draft benefit is negligible, negligible at this point. Yeah. Is wind negligible on 18%? I mean, headwind all, yeah, it does make a little bit of a difference, but on maybe the 9% section, if you're pushing into a headwind, which he kept doing. So it's, yeah, on the, when, when Remco closed Coos, Yumbo weren't really getting an advantage. Because, yeah, the guys are in Remco's wheel. Yeah, Coos is ahead. But unlike on Havalumbre, where it was 7 8%, to, or maybe 9% in sections the other day, mm -hmm. it's 18%, as you said. Now, that does change when Remco is riding an 8% at the last 500 meters into a headwind. Then you are giving something up. Then you are giving up 5%, 6%, maybe. I don't know exactly. You are giving something up there. So it was the perfect climb for Remco to do what he did. I think Remco did exactly what he needed to do. I think defense attack is the best form of defense. And also, you need the legs to do it. And basically... He just drives all the way to the top. I was really, really surprised the Yumbo Visma riders didn't come over the top of him just before the descent. Not to attack him, but because Remco's admitted he's not as comfortable descending on the wheel. And we have a high-speed, narrow descent coming up. Remco gets to take it first wheel. Perfect for him. And he gets to take all the lines he wanted. And also we saw, I think Almeida got gapped a little bit on the descent. GC Coos, who got dropped... At the end, him, him and Almeida got gapped a little bit at the end. Ayuso stayed with them masterly strong, but Kuz came back in the ascent. I think that's something to bear in mind, for, like maybe for that Spandell descent, Benji, if, if Remco's isolated, don't let him take the descent in front. Um, but, or if you have Jonas, if you have two riders, you can let the wheel go and play with him a little bit too. But once we got over the top, once we got over the top, no differences are made between the riders. We have that descent, which was honestly a bit sketchier than I anticipated before we yeah. started the descent. That being said, Maz was the one that got in some difficulties, but the other four riders were looking good. And, and Kuz was one coming back from behind. And then we saw the UAE riders also coming back once it leveled out in the last, let's say, one kilometer to 800 meters, roughly. And then we're going to the sprint and Remco stayed at the front. Now, there is some explanation that I can't spoil yet. I'll spoil that after the stage ends. That would be a viable explanation to why he's doing this. But... It is not the smartest thing to lead out from the front and to start your sprint at 250 meters to go. At least, yeah. With Roglic and Vingegaard in the wheel, sprinting for a victory on a stage like this, that's not how you win. No, if you want to win the stage, certainly not. Because also, he doesn't need to be worried about losing time anymore. There's also enough riders in the group that if Yumbo with Koos try the old reverse lead out, maybe Ayuso jumps on him and you can get a toe in from Ayuso. So... Yeah, I was surprised that he launched so early. There were some bends, and he did make Roglic go the long way around. But yeah, it was it was strange that he. I thought once he'd finished the descent, he would with this uphill drag say, "All right, and it's time for you to take the front." And maybe Roglic would have because Roglic normally leads out his sprints, actually. Uh, but anyway, Remco leads out the sprint. We see in one of the side-on shots with 100 meters to go, Roglic already overlapping his wheel, which means he's coming with a lot more speed. Remco's actually able to get back into his wheel, so yeah. he sprinted well, but yeah, if you lead out a guy at high speed like that for, <laughs> and pull the whole climb, and it's Primoz Roglic, you're not going to win. And so Roglic wins the stage. Avonapol, a strong second, still beats Ayuso in third. 
Uh, they actually put two seconds into Mars and Vingegaard. Vingegaard got gapped in the sprint. Almeida, Kuz, Soler also on two seconds. Uh, Wout pulls the surprise in the top 10. He's actually, yeah, the Shocking, ninth huh? from the GC group. He, I guess he's good on these walls. Um, on 34 seconds, Vlasov loses 39. Lander loses 41. Carthy was quite good, then cracked. He was in the top five, uh, then probably went over his limit. And Lenny, who was in red on 110 with Ota Brooks, they lose, yeah, a lot of time, actually. Uh, who else will crack? Thomas. Thomas. Thomas lost 332. I need to talk with you about something. Apparently, Remco feels a bit stupid after the stage. He was angry after the stage. Right. Because he didn't realize he was riding for the victory, and I just rewatched the final sprint, and he has the most confused look I've ever seen on his face. How can he not? Crossing the, I don't understand it. How can he it. not know? I don't understand it, but he looks visibly confused crossing the line. It's like, his reaction of like, the same reaction he had when Foz won the World Championships is on his face as he crosses the line. But how can he not know? I don't understand. <laughs> Like, I don't, I'm, I'm looking like the breakaway was what? Into the base of the climb, what was the breakaway? Nine seconds? Yeah, like 10 seconds, right? They were, they were finished. And I don't understand. Because like, I've sent you the clip so you can check it out in the meanwhile. Um, but I'll, I'll send it extra here as well. But if you take a look at like that video, the last like, sprint you visibly see confusion on his face we saw him angry uh, after the line is, yeah no no i saw him angry I, and i thought he was angry because he just bungled the sprint like i thought he was pissed off because he thought ah, i was actually super strong if i didn't lead it out um uh, yeah yeah i see now so this is an extended shot from the like from someone filming and just right at the end he puts his hand out like this saying what and rolich is actually giving Giving these ones, actually yeah. celebrating for once. He's, yeah, it doesn't know, happen often. <laughs> he's celebrating. So, but whose fault is that? Like, the cum, surely the car told him. Was there communication? Depends on that. It was Spanish range when it comes to mobile. Maybe there was lack of communication there. But even then, before the climb. No, the race radio gives you yeah. time gaps. Come on. They should have been aware. If Yumbo can be aware, Quickstep can be aware. Yeah, I mean, they must, he must have caught, like, gone past Les Carnot. I mean, listen. Someone in the chat is saying that Emko didn't have an earpiece in, in the descent, but I don't know if I can check that right now, so. Yeah, I mean, fair enough. Um, he should probably, regardless, Benji, he should assume he's sprinting for bonus seconds. Yeah. He should assume that maybe two guys survived. Yeah. I still got to sprint for third. So Unless he thought the four guys were up, but. I mean, yeah, there was a break of four that was. I, I don't want to focus on that too. I mean, that is a shame for him. But it's too bad, eh? I think he probably loses the sprint anyway. Especially um, from that position. Yeah, but I think otherwise he rode today perfectly. I think yep. Avonapol rode defensively using his best skill set, which is riding steady state and not, you know, going over his limit. And it's good for the race that he wasn't for losing sure. time just like on Javalambre because otherwise it would have been Moss versus Yambo riders today, which would have been... A bit less entertaining. Yeah. Well, Ayuso's coming. I don't think this... Yeah. Ayuso, yeah, Ayuso's still there. I'm still for believing my pick, my I mean, friend. Ayuso gained time. He gained two seconds on the other guys and four bonus seconds. So I think Ayuso yeah. is a serious, like the, the big threat uh, right now. But anyway, not the biggest gaps on GC for like the top guys, to be honest. And Soler's still in insane shape. But um, an, an entertaining stage. And as Benji said, 
it's nice that Remco's back in good shape because it's good for the race, frankly. Um, and considering what happened two days ago, we don't want... Yeah, it's going to be more exciting having the UAE Trident, which is quietly just doing you know, very well in the background. Everyone's focusing on the Yumbo Trident, but the UAE Trident is right up there too. And like Ayuso and Almeida are going to smash Kus in the TT, right? So they're also yeah. going to gain more time back. About the TT, like Ayuso, like I rewatched the, the TT at Swiss and Romany. It's difficult to compare that to a Velta TT, but the flat portion of the Swiss TT that Ayuso rode, he was torching people. So yeah. his TT could be really unexpectedly good. And you, you, you told me that a week ago, so credits to you. Yeah. I think... Um... And Almeida went the wrong way in the Vuelta TT last year. He took a wrong turn last year, so he lost more time than he should have. Hopefully he doesn't do that, uh, doesn't do that on Tuesday, next Tuesday. But anyway, all to play for. The Vuelta GC is certainly back on. Um, Riyambo Benji, really hard to, hard to fault them. Um, they kind of did what they needed to do, but I guess Vingegaard loses 10 seconds. Oh, six plus two is eight. Loses eight seconds to Remco, but... Yeah, GC. Oh, we haven't mentioned GC Cruz. Oh my God! Revised GC standings. <laughs> Another buried the most important thing in the podcast. GC Cruz finally ascends, going into the red jersey where he might stay for the rest of the race. Forty-three seconds ahead of Soler. I don't know if Soler will he be able to put forty-three seconds into him in the TT. Uh, third is Martinez, who's now on one minute and a gap to Wild Pools is going to top ten this whole damn race. He's on yep. two oh five. Angler was his third there. Yeah, you're right. Anglerou is where he, yeah. Matt Wildpools is just going to randomly top 10 it. Uh, land on 229. Then Avenapool is in sixth on 231. Seven seconds ahead of Roglic. 11 seconds ahead of Vingegaard and Maas. And 21 seconds ahead of Ayuso. Almeida's actually got an even further gap. He's on, if I can count, 38 seconds behind Remco. And he's going to lose more on the TT. So... Yeah, Almeida, Otterbrooks, man, he lost a lot of time. He falls behind Vlasov today. He's on 4.08, which is 130 or so, 137 behind the Remco yep. bubble of GC guys. Um, and Thomas is just completely out of GC now. So, Kian's not out of it, and I think, um, I think this is not a good stage for him, and I think yep. he should be much, much better on the French Week 2 stages. It's really curious, though, because, like, if you're Bora, this was a stage where you could play tactically, but Yumbo kind of fucked that over by controlling his stage, so that was really impossible. So And we don't know if they did try. Yeah. They exactly. might not have tried. I don't know. So in the in the future, um I don't think they can get a result, a proper result, like a podium or a top five even, by playing it basic style, yeah. as in Ineos tactics. Especially with Vlasov, like he's just not on the level of these guys. Like, yeah. To and to fight for the podium, they have to do something crazy. Um, it's almost as if you need stage 20 to become very tactical, where you got a Lopez-style like group that gets away. Yeah. yeah. The way Hague, for example, podium the Vuelta in 2021. Yeah. Yeah, like, was he the fourth, top four strongest climber in the race? Probably not, but... He made it. Yeah, they... Adam Yates forgot how to count, or at least the Ineos car did. I, I got a message from Mathieu Heibur, which is like the performance manager of... Uh, Jumbo Visma, and he sent me a uh, GC Cousins Alive. It's really nice that a helper can win a stage today. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, Koos is... I was really surprised Koos didn't get dropped. And on that point, um, that reminds me, like, it all worked out well for Remco today, worked out well for Jumbo today. I would say also pretty good for UA today. I would say all those three, maybe Remco's angry about the stage, but yeah. he'll get over that. Um, Roglic was angry as well behind the line, I hear, because he had bad information about the last corner or something, and Maybe could have stomped Remco even more if you knew that. So, I mean, 
He did. He came around at a bad time. He yeah. really came around at a wide corner where he lost. Like he might have thought he could cap Remco, but if Yumbo replay this situation again on the Tourmalet or on what's like the other climb, Eromendi. I don't stage know 14, the name of that. On uh, on Lara Belagua. Yeah, or on Jose, Jose, well, I don't know why I said it in Spanish, Jose, Jose, it's a lot more of a problem for Remco closing Coos on, first of all, a climb that suits him better, yeah. a 50-minute climb, second of all, on 8%, not 18%, on 7%. And so the guys who, first of all, Coos will go faster and be harder to close. Second of all, Vingard the Yumbo, be better. Vingard should be better on that, maybe. Um, they'll get more of a draft benefit in his wheel. So just something to bear in mind that whilst the tactics look good today, it might come with a price to pay next week. And we saw that on Sierra Nevada last year. He paced with Roglic and O'Connor in the wheel for a long time yep. in Sierra Nevada. And despite being stronger than Roglic, got dropped and lost a little bit of time at the end. And simply because draft matters, eh? So yeah. the others in your wheel on 8-7%, it matters more than on a 15% climb where it's yeah. negligible. So... Negli negligible yep. Jesus Christ you're flying with the <laughs> with the big words yeah <laughs> uh, Sepulveda keeps KOM by one point ahead of uh, Remco and Lenny stays in the in, oh goes into the white jersey well he'll actually wear it uh, because he was wearing red today Yumbo Visma leading teams and Caden Groves is still leading points and tomorrow's stage Benji it is not the Tourmalet stage <laughs> it's a oh. it's a Typical sort of Roglic stage from Cartagena to Caravaca de la Cruz. It is 185Ks. That's a long stage. There's yeah. one category one climb, which is pretty generously a cat one, 12Ks, 5%. Then no categorizations, rolling in the middle of the Costa Blanca interior. False flat uphill bonus sprint uh, with 16Ks to go, 15.5Ks to go. And then a, a weird climb. Quite a typical world climb. I dare say a fake news climb, Benji. If it yes. has, it's sort of descent in it. You said it. Fake news <laughs> climb. Like eight point two k is five and a half percent average, but it's three three percent, six percent, five percent, five percent, four percent, eleven percent descent, nine percent, and I think Quick Step should ride for the stage win tomorrow. Should ride for the stage win tomorrow. I don't think they have the team to ride for the stage win tomorrow. I'll go with that. Yeah, I reckon. I reckon they don't have the team to ride for the stage win tomorrow. Ateneo, Vavaka, Yeet, Knox. Bajoli's gone. Edison. Bajoli is gone. And also so many people will try and be in the breakaway. Yumbo, I don't see riding for this stage will necessarily. Will they go for the Roglic stage win again? I think this is a breakaway stage. I think so. It looks like a Soler, Hazus, Harada type of stage, right? Even though if you are Remco, this is the kind of finish where you do want to try and sprint against Roglic for the victory because even if you lose, you gain seconds on Vingegaard exactly. and on, on the rest of the peloton. Exactly. So I think there's value in trying to control it. The, the Remco's sprint looks so much better than everybody else's except Roglic and Ayuso. Like he's killing Mars and Vingegaard in the sprints usually. Yes, but I put Ayuso under and I think partially because of positioning, partially yeah. because it's just inconsistent. Yeah. Um, so that's an option, but it's a long old stage to control. For four bonus seconds, you know, because the thing is, if they do that and then Remco gets torched in the French Pyrenees next week, everyone will say you lost the Vuelta because you went for the stage on stage nine. So maybe they won't do it. And you're right. It's most likely this screams breakaway, Benji. Um, who do you have? I have Jesus Herrada. Ooh. 
you're gonna go for Gezefe. I haven't seen him all. Well, he's been in one break, I reckon. He won in Oman on a punchy finish that was sort of like this. I like Harada. Bardet looked in pain yeah, today. Yeah, he didn't look good. Caruso might be in the breakaway again, but I feel like I want to go for someone else than Is Caruso. very punchy in those hungry sort of stages. I don't remember. You won't pick the cat killer. I don't want to pick a cat killer, that's for certain. When it comes to Ineos, they will have to try something, but I reckon... Is it short enough, the steep sections for Freyla? I reckon he's not good enough. He's, this, not, he's not looking good shape. Svelte, Castro can't win from a breakaway, in my opinion. Bernal can't get into a breakaway, apparently. So then I'm looking at... Putrago maybe once again tries to be in this breakaway. If he is in there, then, then he might end up doing something. But it's also the kind of stage where the break might be that large that we see a ruler type kind of try, trying to get away before they get to that climb. And the climbing section that is really steep is not necessarily long enough to to kill someone that stays ahead in that sense. So I'm going to go for Leonard Kemna. Kemna's a good pick for this sort of stage. Certainly Bora will be going for the stage tomorrow. Also, or Van Edveld. Van Edveld is punchy as well. Uh, also have a saver on Finn Fisher Black. But who's in the break how far is Garfi in GC? Mm, he'll be far. He'll have, he's bled time on a fair few stages. He was good today. He was good. I think it's, I think it's a little bit too punchy. I mean, Egita. Egita, this is the sort of bread and butter for him. He's won Polonia finishes like this. I'd love to see I'd love to see more GC guys get in the break again, like <laughs> Lenny. Everybody wants that dude. <laughs> no, but Lenny, try getting the break again. Yeah. He should try getting the break again and gain more time back. Or <laughs> Caru uh, not Cruz, um Wild Pools would yeah. be great in this. Attila Volta, will he get freedom from Yumbo Visma to go on the break? No. Not, probably not. Uh, so I'm gonna stick with Jesus Harada, who's made a living. Out of winning stages like this, he, uh, last year he won, no. what did he win? Something. And he, oh, I'm just checking. Some French race, no? No, he won the flat sprint against Fred Reich and then he got beaten in the oh, uphill yeah. sprint in Tenturia by Rigo and Quentin Pacher. I think. Was well, very good at Gran Camino though. Yeah. And he, Second behind Vingegaard. And he, before the stage he won last year, he didn't do anything. It was shit. So I wouldn't, you know, I, yeah, I'll stick with Harada. <laughs> okay. Minus Kemna, so it's going to be an interesting stage. I, uh, I reckon it won't be a tactical breakaway stage, though, that this one had the potential for, but stage six mainly was, but should still be good action. And uh, is that the last stage that I'm here? It's the last stage, yeah. You go back to, you go back to uh, Belgium on, on Monday. But we're Devastating. Doing, yeah, we're doing the recap tomorrow. Yeah. And then it's a rest day on Monday. What are we doing on the rest day? Having a rest. Having a siesta <laughs> for the TT. Uh, okay, that's all from us. I don't think there's too much, no, no big transfer news or anything like that or the UCI doing anything crazy. So uh, yeah, we'll see if there's an uphill sprint tomorrow. Maybe it's a little Rampas fake news climb from the GC group and we have Remco versus Roglic round two, this time with uh, the breakaway knowingly caught by everybody. But until the recap tomorrow, ciao. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 